Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Hoping you're having a very pleasant Friday. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We are wrapping up our look at a conference message given by Elder J. Devin Cornish, who is a member of the 70 in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a talk he gave called, Am I Good Enough? Will I Make It? Mr. Cornish seems to have a lot of hope for his listeners because he assures them that they will be good enough and that they are going to make it. Well, what is making it in the context of Mormonism? Well, it's receiving exaltation in the celestial kingdom. I don't think that Mr. Cornish is very consistent sometimes. Sometimes he does seem to go the traditional route, and sometimes I think he's offering hope that really is not there for every Latter-day Saint. This lack of hope is what I think bothers a lot of Latter-day Saints. But what's interesting is today we're going to discuss a verse that we have often cited when we are talking to Latter-day Saints about this sin dilemma that they have. He says, The Lord himself declared, For I, the Lord, cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. And he's citing from Doctrine and Covenants, section 1, verse 31, a verse that we often cite, If God cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance, and repentance, according to Mormonism, as we've been discussing, is the abandonment of that sin, all sin, in every area of your life, how is D&C section 1 verse 31 that Mr. Cornish just cited in his conference message going to comfort a Latter-day Saint? It certainly wouldn't comfort me because I know I am a sinful person. Yeah, I may not sin what some people call the big sins. I don't murder. I don't steal. I don't do things like that. But certainly I know it's those little things that are pestering me now as I've been walking for the Lord for several decades. But I still know that I am innately sinful, unfortunately, and in need of God's grace that forgives me of the sin. But there's the dilemma with the Latter-day Saint because he goes on to explain when the person, when the Latter-day Saint receives that forgiveness. He says, because of the Savior's atonement, we can repent and be fully forgiven as soon as our repentance is sincere. Now again, here's that phrase, sincere repentance. What does that mean? Well, as we've been explaining, a sincere repentance, a true repentance, is an abandonment of the sin. But notice what you said, Eric. When he says, because of the Savior's atonement, we can repent and be fully forgiven— as soon as our repentance is sincere. Really what he's doing here is giving us traditional Mormonism. According to section 1, verse 32 in the Doctrine and Covenants, he already cited verse 31, for I the Lord cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. Verse 32 says, Nevertheless, he that repents and does the commandments of the Lord shall be forgiven. Notice the order. You need to repent, that he is explaining here. Then you have to keep the commandments. How many commandments must a Latter-day Saint keep? 
ask any of them, they'll say all of them. Well, once you've repented and then you keep the commandments, then what happens? Then it says, verse 32, the Lord shall forgive you of your sins. That's basically what Mr. Cornish is saying here. As soon as our repentance is sincere, then you can know you're fully forgiven. But as we were talking about yesterday, Bill, a sincere repentance means that you're going to cease doing it. And yet yesterday we quoted from his talk where he said, if we will sincerely repent, God really will forgive us even when we have committed the same sin over and over again. Well, that must not have been sincere the first time you did it. Exactly. Technically, in Mormonism, you can only repent of a sin one time. Because if you repeat the sin again, you never sincerely repented. There's the catch-22 in the context of Mormonism. He goes on and says, What we cannot do is rationalize rather than repent. It will not work to justify ourselves in our sins by saying, God knows it's just too hard for me, so he accepts me like I am. Really trying means we keep at it as we fully come up to the Lord's standard, which is clearly defined in the questions we are asked in order to get a temple recommend. And of course, to get a temple recommend, there are a number of questions that a Latter-day Saint is asked by their ecclesiastical leaders to make sure they qualify to be allowed to go into a Mormon temple to perform the sacred ordinances that they believe will get them into the celestial kingdom of God after they die. But do you see the problem here? He says, we can't think that he accepts me like I am. Really, trying means we keep at it as we fully come up to the Lord's standard. You have to come up to the Lord's standard. What is the Lord's standard according to Mormonism? Forsaking your sin and keeping all the commandments. So if that's really the standard, are we really to believe that when Mr. Cornish offers this promise that, yes, you are going to be good enough, and yes, you are going to make it, that that will apply to every Latter-day Saint, not just sitting there listening to him as he gave this talk, but every other of the 15-plus million members of the LDS Church? I don't think so. And if you want to prove me wrong, then go ask a Latter-day Saint. Are you doing all those things? I will guarantee you that they will always, if they say yes at all, it will be with qualification. Yes, if I do this, that, or the other. Yes, and all of this, do the scriptures of the LDS Church have meaning? Like DNC 2515, keep my commandments, how often? Continually, and a crown of righteousness thou shalt receive, and except thou do this, where I am, you cannot come. That goes right along with DNC 131. Well, when he mentions the idea of getting a temple recommend, one of the questions that is asked of the person trying to get a temple recommend has to do with tithing. Are you paying a full tithe? Do you think really that if the Latter-day Saint being interviewed by his ecclesiastical leader was asked, are you paying a full tithe? And he says, well, I'm trying the best I can. I'm really trying. Do you think that that person will get a temple recommend? No, not at all. Not at all. And that's a good way to test this because when it talks about really trying or being sincere, how do you test that? Well, you can test it with tithing, that's for sure. And if you use the same application when it comes to the Mormon paying as tithes, I'll guarantee you that unless they are doing it, 
they are not going to get a temple recommend. But Bill, in that statement that you just made, the question that's asked, there is repentance available to the person who hasn't paid a full tithe, not just off of the net, but off the gross. And that is called tithing settlement. So there you go. You're going to have to come and pay all that you didn't pay the first time. And you can't say, well, I'm going to try to pay it because you still won't get it, as you said, until you have paid everything. Yes, you have to pay all of it if you hope to get a temple recommend. And the same principle is used in Mormonism when it comes to being exalted. You have to do everything that is required of you. It must be earned, as Thomas Monson has said. In the last paragraph, Mr. Cornish says, I witness to you that if you will really try and will not rationalize or rebel, repenting often and pleading for the grace or help of Christ, you positively are going to be good enough. That is acceptable before the Lord. You are going to make it to the celestial kingdom being perfect in Christ, and you are going to receive the blessings and glory and joy that God desires for each of his precious children, including specifically you and me. I testify that God lives and wants us to come home. I testify that Jesus lives in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the first show that we did on this series, we talked about how many false prophets will tell the people what they want to hear. And isn't this what the typical Latter-day Saint wants to hear. He wants to know that he's good enough. And here, this is what is said, you are going to make it to the celestial kingdom. Who is this man to be able to tell the reader and the listener of his conference talk that they're actually going to get the very best that the Mormon God has to offer? But it's sad, though, and it's almost cruel the way he does it, because one minute he's telling them you are going to be good enough. You are going to make it. And then in another sentence, he says, but wait a minute, the Lord himself declared, for I, the Lord, cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. And the poor Latter-day Saint is sitting there listening to this going, but that's my problem. I have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I am struggling with my sin. I can't overcome a lot of these problem areas in my life. It's not just difficult, but in some areas, it seems impossible. So by offering these people this vain hope of thinking that they are going to be good enough and they are going to make it, he seems to undermine that great promise that he offers them by saying, but wait a minute, there are still qualifications here that you need to meet. And sadly, it's those qualifications in Mormonism that make it impossible for the Latter-day Saint to have the assurance. You see, the difference between Mormonism and what we understand from the New Testament is when we come to faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross at Calvary, his righteousness becomes our righteousness. We are immediately forgiven of our sins based on that faith that Jesus paid the total price for our sins. We get the forgiveness at the beginning, whereas in Mormonism, you don't get it until after you have repented and kept all the commandments. He says, repenting often and pleading for the grace or help of Christ. It seems like you're begging for this and continuing to repent. Really, shouldn't you stop repenting? Because when you're repenting, you're admitting that you're not doing what you said you would do the previous Sunday at the sacrament service. But listen to what Spencer W. Kimball says in The Miracle of Forgiveness, a book that we've been citing. 
page 324, God may obliterate or absolve sins. Your bishop has no such power. Your heavenly father has promised forgiveness upon total repentance and meeting all the requirements. But that forgiveness is not granted merely for the asking. There must be works, many works, and an all-out total surrender with a great humility and a broken heart and a contrite spirit. It depends upon you whether or not you are forgiven and when. It could be weeks, it could be years, it could be centuries before that happy day when you have the positive assurance that the Lord has forgiven you. That depends on your humility, your sincerity, your works, your attitudes. So here you have a man who later became the prophet of the Mormon church, Spencer Kimball, became the 12th prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's saying it could be weeks, it could be years, it could be centuries before you have that assurance. But yet here we have a 70, J. Devin Cornish, offering this statement where he says, Will I make it? Yes, you are going to be good enough, and yes, you are going to make it. Which leader are you going to believe is telling you the truth? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. As with most Christian organizations, Mormonism Research Ministry depends on the generous financial support of friends like you. If you like what we do and how we do it, would you consider helping MRM meet its financial obligations? Merely go to our website, mrm.org. At the right, you'll see a donate button. Click there and follow the instructions. MRM is a Christian nonprofit 501c3 organization and your gifts are tax deductible. Not only that, they are greatly appreciated. Thank you for your support of this ministry.